I hate to hear when people report that they're just dismissed and they feel like they're not listened to and not taken seriously. If you don't feel like the doctor's spending enough time with you and taking you seriously, if they don't have some suggestion of, well, what else could this be? If you don't think this could be something like multiple sclerosis, then perhaps consult with somebody else who is willing to spend the time to help you know, be a detective with you. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings. For this episode of the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast, I welcome Lisa Emmerich. Some of you may know Lisa because she's been a longstanding advocate in the MS community for a number of years, and you can find her writings in a number of places. Lisa, welcome, and I'm glad you agreed to share your diagnosis journey story with us today. Hi, Laura. I'm glad to be here. So to start with, can we just do some basics of, did you ever suspect early on that you had MS, or did you just have symptoms that bothered you that you went to the doctor for? Well, the first part of my symptoms that ended up being MS were quite dramatic, although I didn't get a diagnosis of MS at the time. When I woke up one morning and it looked like I was looking through glasses covered with Vaseline, I knew something was wrong <laughs> with my eyesight. So I called my eye doctor and was a little panicky and said, I don't know what's going on. And he said, come on into the office. And did some tests and said, I don't see anything wrong with your eye. And he did a color test and I kind of failed looking at the pipe cleaners, you know, what color they were. And he says, I'm sending you to a retinal specialist. I'll call ahead and you can go straight over to their office. So hopped in the car, went over to another office. They looked at my eye and said, we see nothing wrong with your retina. Um, we're going to call ahead to a neuro-ophthalmologist. And they managed to get me in the very same day. And that doctor did more testing, and I failed the field vision test. Things were getting darker, and I was losing my eyesight on one side, and reds looked brown, and colors were off. And he sat down and said, okay, we're going to order an MRI, and we're going to look for two things. Either we might see spots in your brain that could indicate something like multiple sclerosis, or we might see that you could potentially have a brain tumor. <laughs> and that was a little shocking. He said, I'm going to give you some steroids to try to reduce the inflammation. I've got to say, that's quite a choice. Let me see, a brain tumor or MS? Let's pick one. Exactly. <laughs> Which is the better one? <laughs> the MRI came back and showed nothing unusual in the brain. You know, my brain looked perfectly unremarkable, which is a term I've learned is wonderful but it showed my optic nerves were inflamed. And so the neuro-ophthalmologist said, this could just be a singular case of optic neuritis. You know, it doesn't mean that it'll come back. It could come back, but it does mean your risk for multiple sclerosis is increased. Studies show for the next five years. Okay, so we can fast forward, zoom, five years later, <laughs> I started having symptoms in my left arm. I had numbness and tingling and just a little lack of coordination. And I really noticed that I'm a pianist 
And I was in a recital performing when I realized I couldn't feel the keys under my fingertips. And I was horrified because I thought I was making all sorts of mistakes. One of the audience members, my mother, assured me that there was nothing noticeable. (laughs) A mother would always say that to you, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Sure. She thought it was still beautiful and that nobody would know the difference. So I went to my primary care doctor and we did some blood tests to see, is my thyroid off? You know, something else going on. She ordered an MRI. She calls me as soon as she gets the results and said, I'm going to refer you to a neurologist. I got the test results back and I think you need to be seen. So I got into an office. The first doctor who was available to see me repeat the MRIs again with contrast and came back with my brain was beautiful and unremarkable, nothing going on, but something was in my neck. I had one lesion in my neck, in my spine. So he ordered more testing. I did the whole gamut of tests for multiple sclerosis. I did evoked potential testing and it showed I had damage to my optic nerves. Um, that had been there previously. And then you ordered the lumbar puncture and five weeks of intravenous steroids. And when I showed up for those, I still hadn't been told, is this multiple sclerosis? Is this something else or what? And that doctor happened to be on vacation the same week. I was in there for steroids and the nurse really couldn't tell me what that was. She said, but you wouldn't be here unless there were a reason that you would be here. And I had to wait probably about another month and a half later for repeat MRIs, which showed an additional two lesions in my neck. So now I have three in the period of a summer. And eventually I got my official diagnosis. Um, It went from probable MS when I was going through all the testing to finally, oh, Now you have multiple sclerosis, you fit the criteria. We can get started on medications. And it was exactly five and a half years after I had optic neuritis that I finally got my diagnosis. So my journey took a long time between my first major attack and before a doctor finally said, yes, this is what you have. Now we can do something about it. I find, Lisa, that it's not uncommon for people to have long periods of time in between perhaps initial symptoms and additional symptoms that cause a more emergent um, picture of needing an answer. Was there anything in between your initial case of optic neuritis and when your arms went numb five years later that were there little symptoms in there or did you pretty much say, okay, this is done and I'm over whatever it was? That's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me because during the time period, those five years, I just went on expecting, okay, maybe if something happens to my vision again, I go back and see the doctor and face that it's possible that I have you know, an MS coming up or something else. And I really didn't think about other possible symptoms like weakness in my legs, which I experienced one summer. I was having trouble walking and it just seemed exhausting to get anywhere. And um, that occurred when I happened to be out of the country for a music festival. 
and I was not able to keep up with some of the other musicians. I had to stop and rest so frequently. But it wasn't something that I thought was worth telling my doctor about when I got home. It just was like, wow, this seems really difficult. And so it's likely that I had relapses in between the optic neuritis and the final diagnosis, but just didn't recognize that problems with heavy legs and difficulty moving around could have been related. This was also a time period that there weren't many um, online forums where people are looking for answers and sharing stories and like it is today, where today if somebody would read somebody's story or listen to my story, they might be like, oh, we got to watch for every little thing if something new comes up and might recognize a symptom that could be related to MS and report it sooner. I just blissfully went around going, okay, I'm told my risk is higher, but nothing big has come up um, until I couldn't use my arm and my hand. That was big for me. I'm I'm just shaking my head at your story here, Lisa, because I've never heard the full details of it and that you had such a time period where you had perhaps symptoms, but you just powered through or didn't didn't connect the dots because that's very similar to my own situation. And I think a lot of people pursuing an MS diagnosis or trying to figure out, is it MS on this journey, don't quite know what to be looking for. So using your experience now, is there any advice that you would give someone who is not diagnosed, who suspects that perhaps it is MS, what they should do on this journey for them? What I would suggest to somebody who has symptoms that they've noticed seem to fit patterns of people they know who have MS or they're looking to see what other people experience. I always say, start with your primary care doctor and tell that person what's going on and how it's affecting you so that they can get the process started. And if some of those preliminary tests point to a neurologist, then I say, find an MS specialist neurologist. I just went to the first neurologist who was available in a very large practice and lucked out that there was an MS specialist in the same practice that I was transferred to. Um, I didn't go searching for somebody. But nowadays, I would say search for somebody who specializes in the disease because they will be the ones that will be able to order the test you need, recognize the symptoms, and hopefully have the time to tell you whether what you're experiencing could fit the patterns or might not fit the patterns, but be willing to eliminate other possibilities. And if you don't feel like the doctor's spending enough time with you and taking you seriously, if they don't have some suggestion of, well, what else could this be? If you don't think this could be something like multiple sclerosis, then perhaps consult with somebody else who is willing to spend the time to help you know, be a detective with you. I hate to hear when people report that they're just dismissed and they feel like they're not listened to and not taken seriously. You know, Cause in that situation, I think you really do need to find somebody who will take you seriously. Cause if you are diagnosed with MS, you're gonna have a relationship with this doctor and their team in their office for a very long time. And so you want to find a group, you know, the nurse in the office, you know, that will 
help you if you need an emergency that they'll talk to you or get you in. The front office is important. You know, you need to find some place that you feel comfortable and you're willing to be quite open with what's going on. So during the process, if you feel dismissed, go ahead and don't be afraid to seek another opinion elsewhere. Oh, I think that is just such excellent advice, Lisa. Um, so many people do feel like, gee, I have this doctor and I'm stuck with them and don't understand that as the person seeking answers that ultimately you can walk out that door and go elsewhere. Of course, dependent on insurance situations and things like that, availability of specialists, but we shouldn't have to settle. So you've been really gracious in sharing your story with us today. And I'm sure people listening to this episode of MS Diagnosis Journey will learn a lot from your episodes of optic neuritis and understanding that you had no brain lesions, but your lesions were on your spine. And that's significant as well. So again, thank you for your time. Well, I'm just really glad that you um, wanted to hear my story and I was able to share it. And I hope that it does help somebody else out there who listens to it and for them to know that perhaps their experience is not unique and that they're definitely not alone. Mm -hmm.